Marianne Wood told to. a really funny one the <laughs> other day when we were doing that like church-wide prayer call. Of course, like it was awkward. People weren't on yet. Like there were still like three minutes or something. So Santi's like, if anyone has a joke, throw it <laughs> out. And Marianne had one. It was so funny. And it was, how do you catch a unique bird? And she said, unique up on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I laughed about that for like a full day. <laughs> That's good. That's like, good. Get it, Mary Ann. <laughs> That's going to be the intro. That right there, that story. <laughs> Used to be the intro. Deal? It's done. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Common Life Podcast from the Well Church in Abilene. for listening to the Common Life Podcast. This week, we're here with Tyler again, and Natalie Rita has joined us um, to talk about life in the middle of all this weirdness, right? Um, so just how are you guys doing? What's been going on? We're making it somehow, some way. We are, I don't, it feels like seven years in, but I think it's been like, 20 days so oh man i know every day we're getting a little better that's what i keep telling myself so figure it out yeah it's been a long year this month (laughs) (laughs) how's the daniel estate yeah we're pretty day-to-day i mean overall i think we're doing well but yeah just the the nature of this thing has been super disorienting yeah in terms of just trying to it's taken me it, it's taken me a few weeks to get out of like, oh, this is going to change for mm-hmm. a few weeks to going like, oh, this is going to be a few months. I need to kind of like address that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we do life for the next few months? And it's kind of made us rethink and take a step back and go like, OK, we need some put some things in place to help mm-hmm. us kind of think of how you do homeschool for two months, mm-hmm. right. not like two weeks, because yeah. that's a different story. Mm-hmm. And then how do I do work from home? come into the office some to record things and you know what I mean? So it's just taking this whole time just to go, okay, now I think we kind of have a plan for how we can help each other out and make sure we're not driving each other crazy. And yeah, yeah. when all of this started, I mean, I think I even remember maybe not here in Abilene, but, but in some places they were talking about like, yeah, we're going to do some social distancing for a couple of weeks and that'll keep us, that'll flatten that curve for us and we'll be all right. Right. Like there was something in my head that said, this isn't going to be very long. Yeah. And it felt more like it, like it didn't feel like life is dramatically changing. It felt like we were taking a bathroom break from life. Like, all right, everybody mm-hmm. take five minutes. Let's mm-hmm. chill out and then we'll get back to work. Right. And, and it has taken a while for my brain to be like, oh no, this is life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, this is like actually like a life I'm living right now. Mm-hmm. I remember when we decided to stop that first Sunday and do a video instead and do social distancing as a church. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, we'll do this for two weeks. Right. I remember vividly thinking, oh, this is a two-week thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know where I got that information, but that's what I was thinking. And now we've already done four weeks of it. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, oh, but and the end is nowhere near in sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're not anywhere close to done. I mean, like, we had been, like, we're a church that's, um, that's like, younger in demographics. And so it's funny, like, a lot of times we'll talk to people who, you know the makeup of our church and they assume that we're like super tech savvy that everything we do like is like on an ipad and there's holograms everywhere <laughs> and like there's a lot of like 
like really high tech stuff and that you know surely everybody on our team is basically a you know has a PhD in information technology but the reality is like we were we have like always been super super low tech like and even like if you would talk to Austin and he would just be like man I think the internet's a fad you know like I mean <laughs> I've literally heard him say that not ironically and so like for us to then shift Suddenly, I mean, we made the decision to like cancel that service the first time on Friday evening. I was I was driving back from a trip on Friday evening. We said, "All right, let's cancel it, or, or let's let's move to to online." And then by Sunday, the way we like at least deliver a lot of what we do as church had dramatically shifted. And now it's like we were a church that like didn't really care that much about audio or video in terms of like production and sending out uh, content. I'm I'm overstating that because Tyler's sitting here like clenching his teeth Tyler has cared about audio deeply <laughs> but there's a lot of like production value stuff we just didn't care about and now like it's it's an integral part of like how we do ministry from like nursery mm-hmm. like on up like you're having to like create update videos mm-hmm. and create like things for people to be able to d- be dispersed and they have to sound good and mm-hmm. look good and it's crazy mm-hmm. well initially too like even Abilene ISD canceled school for three days and I think that was like okay like three sure. days. That's no big right. Deal. I forgot. And then that they was extended the it one week. So I feel like it was just this very slow progression of like things are going to get back to normal in five days. Like everything just always felt. And then it was like, we're going to add another week. And then now all of a sudden they've started like chunking off entire months to where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like it's time to find a normal. I think we finally hit that place where it's April, like a week into April. And I think we're all like, I can't just keep making this three days at a time mm-hmm. anymore and like hoping that it'll be different by next Tuesday or something. It's like we're all at a place where we're longing for some sort of like new normal, I think is the way to say it. Yeah, it's been so disorienting. I mean, to think that, you know, we're, what, what is it, four days away, five days away now from Easter? <laughs> Normally, if you work in a church, like Easter doesn't sneak up on you. I mean, it's a huge deal. You're preparing for it, you're getting ready for it, right? But I feel like everything has been sneaking up like mm-hmm. like I like it's just real easy for me to be like wait what day is it I know. which normally you've just got something like we just went through a Sunday so I know what Sunday feels like or we're coming up to the end of the week I know what having like my something in my body knows what it's like to have worked towards the end of the week and so I can just like stop and without having to look at a calendar know like all right I feel like Thursday and every like like the internal clock in my body is just like the batteries are out and it's on the floor in pieces. Like I cannot figure out when or where we are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Normally like good Friday and Easter planning, I'm doing like second week of March and right. last Thursday when we got done filming, I was like, Oh my gosh, next week's Easter. Cause mm-hmm. it was just, everything was so week to week and trying to get video and people coordinated and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, all I can worry about is this week and getting this done. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, Oh my gosh, Easter's next week. This is like, kind of the one of the greatest Sunday or really the yeah. greatest Sunday of the year for the church sure. to celebrate sure. most fully the resurrection. I was like, I haven't even had time to think about it. Sure. You know? Um, but I think a lot of people are thinking a lot of people, like I've seen people like whether I'm in conversation with them over a zoom call or not like, you know, even just seeing people that I'm not connected with at all, that they're all saying like, man, this is the longest weekend. This is the longest spring break of my life. Like mm-hmm. this, it feels like, for whatever reason, this is the longest Saturday afternoon of my life. Cause it just feels like 
we have nothing to mark our time. There's nothing like it, it, we just feel sort of unmoored, like unanchored from how like the normal rhythms that we regularly had. A friend was telling me yesterday that her son went to preschool for the first time this year. He's five. And the teachers were like preparing them before spring break. Like, I won't see you because it's going to be spring break. And so not anyone, anytime anyone asks him, like, are you doing okay? Do you miss school? He's like, yeah, spring break. <laughs> it's like he's, he's still, he doesn't know what spring break is. So he just thinks it's like week four, an eternal, <laughs> an eternal break from everything. It's like, oh, buddy, yeah. it's not spring break anymore. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Sorry. It's also interesting because like the very, like, it kind of got slowly brought up to speed in terms of like the reality of what was going on. Right. And in some ways like that was hard, but I almost wonder if it wouldn't have been harder if like that week we found out that, you know, it was coming mm -hmm. for us. If it would have just been like Stop first now. day school's done mm -hmm. for the year. Your churches right. aren't meeting for three right. months. Like I don't, I wonder if that would have actually even been harder sure. um, to try to relocate. Cause it's kind of been nice to go get a few weeks in and you go, okay yeah. your mind and body can kind of transfer what's happening like even yesterday what you said in staff meeting about like right. this is what god has for us now right we've had a few weeks to process and get to where we're going and now it's like this is what god has for us so now what do we do with it right, right. yeah absolutely yeah and i think i think there's a i think not just obviously not not just in the church people are kind of having that moment of like okay how do i really live life right now not just like duct tape something together while we're waiting for this to be done, but how do I actually live like this? And so I think there's a lot of ways that the world is trying to deal with this, but I think, you know, one of the things that, that we're trying to figure out, um, both as like people who work at a church and just, you know, as followers of Jesus and as moms and dads and friends and, um, you know, those kind of things is what does it look like for us to actually live our life in a way that's like intentional, that like it makes good use of the time that we've been given, that time is a gift to us, right? Like, what does it look like for us to actually use that time purposefully um, and not just to say, like, all right, I'm going to be efficient with my time or I'm going to, like, sort of meet the goals like that the world sets out for me. But to, but to use that time to be intentional and purposeful with the days and the weeks that we've got to seek after Jesus and to live out what it looks like for us to be people who are transformed by the gospel. Right. Because there's a danger that we get really good at being efficient with our time in response to feeling the way we've been feeling right now, mm -hmm. that we just get really good. We just swing back to, all right, I'm going to use every moment for productivity and efficiency and whatever else, but somehow Jesus gets lost in the mix there, right? Mm. Yeah, it would be really easy to, to, to move to overly pragmatic solutions really quickly. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll figure out homeschool and we'll get all the details with that. We'll figure out how to do work and we'll get all the details with that. We'll figure out how to do our home life, but really transfer the same attitudes and postures that maybe we had before that weren't healthy in terms of like busyness of heart or the goal is just to complete something like sure. kind of achieve or finish or get things done off of our plate. Yeah. And you can miss that it's actually in this time. What if we could go about it with a different heart posture that says, I want to hear from the Lord in this season. Right. I want to get direction from the Lord. And my direction doesn't come from, like cultural cues around me. It actually comes from the Holy spirit and the word of God. And you know what I mean? And so we could totally miss getting that sort of direction from Jesus through time with him, through hearing from him, um, and just kind of order our life in a whole new way that misses him. Just kind of like what you said. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Tyler, I feel like this is something 
that you've been thinking about a lot, like before, um, you know, anybody was sheltering in place anywhere, right? Like, I think, feel like this is something you've been thinking a lot about, um, especially last year. This was, you were kind of, as you, as you rolled onto staff here at the well, um, it was really supposed to be a sabbatical time for you where you could take some time and sort of, um, you know, heal up and, and, and refocus after, you know, long, you know, was it 12 years, something like that in, in sort of like steady, continuous ministry. Um, and so I feel like this idea of like trying to make sure that you're using your time well, of anchoring your time well, of like sort of even figuring out how do you seek Jesus regularly, consistently, not as a part of life, um, that that's been something you've been talking about, thinking about for a while. So, so what does it look like for you, especially, and, and I'm, I'm sure it's like changed even just in the last four weeks, uh, right? But, but what does it look like for you to kind of have those, that like healthy focus, um, not just like practical solutions, but what does it look like for you to be seeking after God in that sort of consistent everyday kind of way? Yeah, I think um, there's so many things you could talk about in this, but so I just want to keep it kind of simple to the one thing that I have to keep kind of telling myself over and over again um, as I kind of think through these things. I think it's super important to have um, in a very reactive world um, in a very compulsive world where we do things out of compulsion mm-hmm. and just kind of like live at a surface level, a gut level response to almost everything, right. um, to, to really learn to slow down and respond out yeah. of conviction. So there's a difference between reacting out of compulsion and responding out of conviction. I think that's taken me years to even, I kind of get that conceptually, but it's taken years to feel that in my body in terms of like, Oh, I know when I'm just being reactive and just kind of doing stuff at the surface. Um, And so that could take a little while to think about. But like, I think I think the important thing about that is to basically stop and be able to take stock of your life and think about how often you just kind of live um, without thinking much about what's going on under the surface. Yeah. So I think that's like step one about going like, why am I even doing the things that I'm doing? Because the truth is, I am being shaped and formed always by yeah. my culture. Right, sure. And so I want to make sure that the way I'm actually being shaped and formed really is by Jesus. And so I have to kind of consider the motives of my heart. Mm-hmm. I have to consider the pace of my life. I have to consider the relationships in my life and um, what kind of person I am when I walk into them. So really, I think the first step is actually being able to slow down and ask yourself those kind of questions. Mm. Um, and that can be challenging. But if you're willing to ask yourself the question about and not be defensive to even yourself or to God, like be open to a real answer of like, God, where is my life out of order? The pace at which I run with or the desire that I have to make things perfect or um, uh, I don't know if that all is making sense, but there's just kind of like generally we live at the surface so much that we just don't think about what's actually going on most of the time. So we can't actually shift things. Right. In a healthy way, because we don't actually know mm-hmm. what health would even look like. Right. So I, I guess really the first place would be to begin to ask yourself some questions like, am I being led by Jesus? Yeah. Am I even open to hearing what he has to say? Because it's real easy for me to go to the scriptures and use them as a shield from God. And what I mean by that is actually I can wake up in the morning and I can do a quiet time. And really the goal of that quiet time could very easily be to have said, I did a quiet time. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And that's not even like, that can just happen to me like real quick. Mm-hmm. 
the end goal of going to the scriptures has to be to meet with God, to hear from God, and to be led by God. Right. So there's a difference in posture. So really what I'm saying is the things that we do, being able to stop, slow down, and make sure that the end, the end goal that we're looking for is actually to know God, to be led by God, to hear God. Yeah. and to walk with God. Mm-hmm. So does that make sense? Maybe yeah. you can distill there's that. Of, there's a couple of things that I, a lot of what you said I, I really love, but there's a couple of things that like sort of like still rattling around in my brain. One of them being that we are constantly being shaped and formed by something, mm-hmm. whether that's our culture or something else, right? Mm-hmm. But we're constantly being shaped and formed. And we got we, we to gotta just like sort of own up to that so that we can at least have a hand in what it looks like for us to be shaped and formed so that we know what it is that's shaping us and, and what we're being shaped into, right? Yes. The other thing is that idea of, of reacting just from like sort of a, an ignorant, um, sort of intuitive, like sort of reaction to however we've been shaped then, you know, some new situation brings itself up and then we just like sort of react from our gut instead of, like you said, responding from that conviction, a conviction that you hope is shaped and formed by um, the gospel, that it's been transformed by yes. being someone who's following after Jesus, who's knowing Jesus, who's trying to meet with Jesus regularly. Right? Yes. So, OK, so Natalie, do you mind if I put you on the spot? Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> with that in mind, like how do you and your family try to make sure that you're um, like being shaped by the right things? And that you're being formed into the right things. How do you, mm-hmm. how can you get to that point where your convictions that you hope to respond out of are things that are like th- that are convictions from like the spirit, from scripture, mm-hmm. from being shaped by by being a Jesus follower? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love TV. Like I, it's <laughs> it's like I I have like resisted ever saying that. I feel like I'm always like nervous to be. Yeah, like, that had a confession feel to it. <laughs> yeah, it's like there, I don't know why I feel bad about liking TV, but I like TV. Yeah, I've always liked to watch TV, and so it's just been something where, like, over this I don't know couple weeks, and it's even been before that. Like I I work part time, so like every other day has always been different for me. Sure. And that's always been so hard on me. Like yeah. I thrive on routine and rhythm, even though I resist it. Like my personality doesn't do it well, but right. when I have it, I feel safe and I feel steady and I can, I can keep up with even spiritual disciplines, like small things. They're, they're easier for me when I have rhythm and routine. And so even just this past year after having a child, it's like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like I'm like constantly like trying to figure out like, okay, what day is it? Like, so I was already kind of in this place before the quarantine hit, but then we're stuck at home. And so it's like my first thought when I get up is like, <sighs> okay, I guess I'll just turn on the TV or like yeah. little things where it's like, I, it has become a rhythm because I don't have any other rhythms in place. Yeah. Like I, it, it's like my fall back on like, right. Annie likes it. She'll sit there for a long time. Right. It's fine. She's still, I can do what I need to do. Like, it's just, it's always my like lean back on. So I think like one of the things that like practically has been working for me is like, Hey, what does it look like if I just stop doing that? Like, you know, I was like, we were listening to that podcast of the like hurrying podcast this last week from John Mark Comer. And he was saying like, you're not going to become a mother Teresa by praying 10 minutes a day. But if you're praying zero minutes a day, 10 minutes a day is a step in the right direction. Yeah, like, sure. Let's, mm-hmm. let's start with 10. Like and mother Teresa did an hour and 
if you want to be like Mother Teresa, someday you're going to need to get to an hour. Right. <laughs> like, but if it's 10 today, and so it's just been teeny tiny little steps like that. Like, what does it look like if instead of picking up the remote, I just don't? Like, yeah. and then I just sit there and I think for a minute and I sit in silence and I ask the Lord, like, okay, what, what, what is today? Like, what does right. it look like for us to do this day well? And what does it look like for me to love my family well? And, you know, just even asking those questions in the morning instead of like leaning back on what feels I don't know, just easy for mm-hmm. me or like just yeah. has become my safe place where I don't have to face things. Like what Tyler was talking about, it's like, I don't like to ask those questions. Like I don't like to sit down and think about why I do the things I do. It's not yeah. natural for me. I, I like to just keep doing them. Mm-hmm. And then I end up in a bad place, you know, six months later, but it's been really hard for me to take the time to just like have these big questions so I feel like what the Lord has been doing with me is like okay let's reread this book that you've read nine times Mm. and it's like okay I'll do it like Mm. just those teeny tiny little steps where it's like I I can do that I feel like it's just been really easy and really kind and slow of the Lord to just give me these tiny baby steps that even if it's just once a day today it looks like loving my family by deciding what's for dinner so that we don't end up at seven o'clock where we're scrambling, like just those tiny little steps that make my home a place of peace and that make my heart a place of peace Hmm. to like know him and walk with him instead of just ending it ending up being nine 30 and then going to bed and doing it again. So I feel like it's been a slow process for me and it hasn't been much of like me fighting as much as it's been the Lord just like gently leading and like mm-hmm. gently calling. So yeah. I don't know. I like that. I like what you said what, when you were talking about the John Mark Comer stuff about mm-hmm. prayer and Mother Teresa. It, really the, the whole idea of what he's even getting at there is about a trajectory. Mm-hmm. And like I think it can feel really overwhelming to feel like we need to order our whole lives perfectly right. and get everything in order. Well, that kind of misses the gospel. Right. Jesus right. isn't asking us to get our whole life together. He's asking us to trust him. Right. Yeah. And he will put our lives together in the way that he desires and in the timing that he desires, because we're all in different seasons. This is all going to look different for us or we're in a very similar season, but it's going to affect us all differently. Mm -hmm. And so really what we're talking about is we want to have a direction and an aim that's pointing us towards a life with Jesus, Mm -hmm. union with Jesus, being led by Jesus. And that can start very, very simply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, with just one or two practices that shift the narrative, the story that we're living in. Are right. we living in our own world or Jesus's world? Yeah, I think there can be. I think there can be a misperception. I think, I think because people have been trying to recover, um, like sort of gospel center preaching, like sort of gospel focused, like sort of uh, uh, like just the way we interact with life. Whenever I think when somebody hears, your job isn't to get your whole life together. Your job is to trust Jesus, and Jesus will get your life together, right? I think people kind of feel like, oh, okay, well, then I just sit back. Like, right. I'm I'm not a participant. Like, I'm not a participant in my salvation. Jesus does that. And I'm not a participant in my, uh, like, sort of in my sanctification and, and, like, sort of becoming more and more like Jesus. Jesus is just going to do that. So I just sit around, live my life, and someday I'm going to look up and, like, be a whole lot like Jesus, right? Well, the reality is, like, it's it's very practical. It's very, like, like in your bones, mm-hmm. it's it's very like engaged with your life. This kind of trust we're talking about, because what it looks like is that it's not just like I in like in general, so like vague in the back of my mind, I trust Jesus, though that's true. Mm-hmm. It's that I trust Jesus with my mornings, mm-hmm. right? I trust Jesus 
with shaping my heart. I trust Jesus with my fears and my anxieties. I'm going to trust Jesus with like this hard conversation that I have coming up, which Mm -hmm. means I'm going to have to spend time with the Lord, with Jesus preparing so that I can trust Jesus with that really hard thing. Or I'm going to trust Jesus with, with who my identity is. Now, which means that then I can be vulnerable and I can confess to loving TV on a podcast for my Mm -hmm. home church. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like I'm like, it's this like sort of like consistently progressively constantly saying I've seen your faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to trust you again with this Mm -hmm. thing. Even when, even when something is, hard or precious to us to, mm-hmm. to trust yes. and turn it over to Jesus. Well, and to trust, like you said, to trust is not to somehow remove yourself from the qu- equation. To trust is to surrender your will mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that says you're in charge, you're in control. Right. So to surrender your will is an active thing. Yeah. And to say, okay, Jesus, you now get my mornings. You right. get to drive it. Where it could, ver- I mean, you could do the same Christian activity and one of them not be in surrender yeah. And you'll get a very different result. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if true. I come to the scriptures in the morning to say, I'm going to read the scriptures because it's what I'm supposed to do. And I want to kind of check it off a list. Right. I'm, something's going to happen there that's different than I'm going to come to the scriptures so that I can learn to surrender my will to yours mm-hmm. and right. wait upon you and yeah. hear from you and see your character and your goodness and treasure you. One of them is one of those is from a surrendered heart. And one of them is from a will that says, I will do these things because they will continue to justify me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I can keep walking on my own with Jesus kind of as a, as kind of an add on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're very right that you can, you can have the wrong view of trust, but really trust is to surrender one's will to the leading of God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so like we're saying, this trust, like it, it's it's very much in the midst of our life. It's not vague and off somewhere, right. right? Like it's not just like sort of floating in the cloud spirituality, but it's right in the middle of our life. So, okay, so for you, um, for you and Brooke and your family, what does it look like for you to have, like to have to maybe recently where you've had to focus on something and saying, you know what, I'm going to trust Jesus rather than trust my gut or rather than trust like just what feels easy to me or trust the culture? Yeah. Um, one thing that's been... We've been trying to do a couple different things that with varying success yeah, and sure. struggle, you know what I mean? But one of the things that I'm finding is the best way for me to surrender my heart to Jesus is to surrender my evenings yeah. and basically not have... Um, if I watch movies or Netflix, it could be a documentary. It could be really like, you know, stuff like on war that I really love to kind of nerd out on. I find myself, if I get kind of lost in other stories at night, then my heart in the morning is much harder to get to a place of, of listening, of hearing, of wanting to hear God's voice. And so I'm having to just like try harder and harder. And we, we've been talking about this this last week of just like, let's turn off our devices and let's turn off TV Netflix and like any sort of consumption of um, media that would help us to escape. Mm -hmm. So more reading, more conversation, more games, more slowing down and just listening. Um, Because if I don't do that, my mornings, they just don't go well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If if I don't do that at night. And so I'm having to like surrender that. I love movies. I want to watch movies. Now feels like the best time to watch movies. But what it does to my heart, um, it's just not worth it. If that makes sense. And so that, that for us, that's, that's actually really hard because at night is the hardest time for me to really want to engage because I am a morning person. Right. And so I'm having to fight a lot harder to actually surrender what I would like to do that would actually serve my family mm-hmm. and really serve me having a, 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 a relationship with Jesus that is not surface level. That yeah. I'm actually hearing and listening to him. Yeah. 
So that's what that's for us. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. I think um, like one thing I'm trying to do personally that you know I've stolen from other people to be sure um, is that I, I'm trying to make sure that I've got time in the scripture and time in prayer before I've got time with any device. Like before I start like before I interact with the internet or the news or whatever, that there's time for me to spend some time in scripture and in prayer, like so that that's what anchors my day, mm-hmm. you know, both in terms of schedule, but also just in terms of like where my heart is, that that's what starts my day. My gut is to wake up and think like what has happened now, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so to immediately start finding news and scrolling through and trying to figure right. out like, okay, so what happened? How are people responding to it? And what's going to happen next? That's where my gut is whenever I wake up in the morning a lot of times. And so um, to like anchor myself in scripture and in, uh, you know, in, in prayer, like um, I've been in Isaiah recently and especially in the early parts of Isaiah, a lot of what's what, you know, what the prophet is doing there is like sort of comparing like this is what should be happening. This is what you require of your people. This is the heart you want from your people, like sort of saying like this is who God is and why we can trust him, that we want him to be king that we want him to rule, that we want him, that we want to acknowledge um, his sovereignty, right? And then you're going to get into, like, how God's people have run from that. Um, and so to anchor that in the midst of, like, these days where it feels chaotic and, and rhythm, you know, has, has made me feel like no one's in control, mm-hmm. right? Or a lack of rhythm has made me feel like nothing, no one's in control. There's nothing predictable. I don't know what's going to happen next, right? And especially, like, right, like, for a little while there things were changing so rapidly we couldn't keep up with it mm-hmm. you know i mean it was like all right y- you need to like just stay six feet away from each other and, and cough into your into your elbow right and then it was like okay no more than 250 people oh mm-hmm. okay no more than 50 people now no more than 10 there's mm-hmm. there's some countries in the world where you cannot have a gathering outside of your home that's more than two people right like and it just ch- feels like it like the recommendations change so rapidly and like the explanations for everything and and when are we going to be able to open things back up mm-hmm. and and what tests are available and like all these kind of things that like, feels like things are so rapidly changing and I could just I could seriously just spend my day mm-hmm. in a constant feed and sometimes unfortunately I do spend my day in a constant feed of news trying to make um, I under make sure I understand it mm-hmm. or know it or whatever mm-hmm. um, but the reality is like where I need to anchor myself is that God's in control that God is sovereign like the that the gospel remains good news. And in fact, there are very particular ways in which the gospel is good news for me, for my family, mm-hmm. for for our church body, uh, for our city right now. Um, and I need to be sort of like centering my heart around those things, being shaped by mm-hmm. like, you know, the truth about who God is and what he's done and, and what his promises mean for us, even in this time, being more shaped by that than by like the sort of frantic, neurotic, like constant stream of, uh, of, you know, current events. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've noticed that like my heart has been missing and longing for is just the feeling of Sabbath. Like that doesn't exist anymore in our home. Weirdly, like we, every day just feels exactly the same. And so there's no, there's no stopping of anything so I feel like we're just constantly tapping in and tapping out of parenting mm-hmm. so that the other one can get work done like yeah. that that is every day it doesn't matter what day it is it doesn't matter what time it is we put the baby down to bed and then we both get on our laptops and it's like okay this is our time to get work done let's go right which is so opposite of the way things used to be like we both worked all day while Annie was at Mother's Day out you know it was just very 
rhythmic and routine. And so when it came time to like actually just like looking into each other's eyes and like having a family conversation or like taking a family walk, we weren't just one of us with the child so that the other one could work. And so even just taking the time to like, okay, instead of taking this like 15 minute break that I have to go type an email or read an email and respond, I'm going to just not like it's Saturday. And so I'm not going to deliver these materials today. I'll just wait and do it tomorrow or like whatever it is, just these little like practices so that we're making room for the spiritual practices that we long for in our souls, but we're not leaving ourselves the time to do it. And it's, it's so crazy because this is the, this is the time in our lives where it seems to have the most time, but if we're not making the time for it, it just floats away. And I think that's, that's where we've been is like, we look up and we're like, it's Tuesday. Like we just constantly are like staring at each other, wondering, you know, what day it is because we never took the time to like anchor ourselves on a Saturday and say like, this is our day. Like (laughs) we're going to eat three meals together today and nobody's going to answer any emails. And we're going to take time together to worship as a family. And we're going to take a walk and we're going to spend time in quiet. Like there's just these little practices that we used to do kind of naturally because it fell into our routine. But now we no longer do because we're trying to use every minute that we're not watching a child to be productive Mm -hmm. or to like. And I know that's that's a lot of people's reality right now working from home. It's like the second that you're not managing a child's needs, you're on your computer or you're answering something or you're like withdrawing Mm -hmm. in some way instead of gathering together when you're not homeschooling a kid so yeah yeah that's something i think that is we're definitely not good at it but i think it's an aspirational goal for Mm -hmm. our family is getting getting some really good rhythms of sabbath um for us like there's there's a difference or at least there has been i mean you know the quarantine has like changed a lot of things there's there's certainly been a difference in terms of like what a sabbath day might look for us look like for us and and y'all speak to this but i mean like I know there's a lot of people who like for whom like the idea of Sabbath may seem pretty foreign, right? Like, mm-hmm. wait, 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 we're not we're not like Old Testament people of God. Like we're not bound by a Sabbath, right? And and certainly it's true, like like my greatest rest is found in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I'm not bound by that that idea of Sabbath. In fact, I think like it's actually really good um to remember that when it comes to things like Sabbath that we've actually got a lot of freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Like like Sabbath can look really different for lots and lots of people. And, and we have that freedom because our ultimate rest is found in Christ, not in that particular day of the week. Right. Mm-hmm. But I do think like, I mean, the idea of Sabbath appears before the idea of sin in scripture. And, mm-hmm. and so in my mind, there's a, there's, there's some sense in which it's not something that like we get, we jettison because we're now new covenant believers. Right. But it's something like that we can reclaim because we're being restored to what we're called to be. Right. And so, um, you know, so for us, I think there's this aspiration that, that, yeah, even in this time where it feels like, okay, I don't have normal work rhythms, maybe, maybe, maybe some of you, maybe some, some people like feel like, uh, man, I, I don't feel like I'm working as much. I feel like I'm so, man, why do I need to take a whole day mm-hmm. of Sabbath rest? Well, and you guys speak to this, but, um, Sabbath does not mean you take 24 hours and you lay prostrate on your couch, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sabbath doesn't just mean like, okay, I'm not going to get any work done so that I can be rested up to work more tomorrow, Mm -hmm. right? Sabbath actually means taking a break from our work so that we can see the Lord do his work in us, Mm -hmm. right? So that we can take some time to like actually be shaped and formed in the midst um, of time, uh, of this sort of like break in time. I'm reading this um, this book right now that calls the Sabbath a palace in time. It's a Mm -hmm. a way for us to like sort of build this, 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 
space into the midst of time to like actually take advantage of it to, to luxuriate in the Lord in the midst of of this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, maybe you can talk like how big of a deal is Sabbath for you and your family, and what does it look like in the midst of you know time where where work and rhythm feels feels really different. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Sabbath is a really, really big deal in terms of uh, for us to be human. Yeah, that's one thing that I think we miss in our in our society that's all about productivity. Right. To just have a day to stop and honor with our lives the truth that we are not God, hmm. that we are limited beings, that we are not infinite, that we cannot keep running the rat race. We cannot keep producing like we were never meant to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we often believe the lie that we're supposed to always be on. And I don't even just mean professionally, but in relationships and in every area of our life, we feel always on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sabbath is really first and foremost, a submission that I am not God. Mm-hmm. Um, even God, but God, that was the very thing that he did on the seventh day. Yeah. Right. And so, but it's, but it's one to submit that like, yes, let God do his work. He, like he is sovereign. I can trust him and I can stop for a day. That's one thing. And then second though, is to learn to delight. Um, I think we're in a culture that I don't know that we really know how to delight in um, and and enjoy what has been. So really, like Sabbath is meant to like be able to stop for a day and delight in the work that's been done and trust that it's enough and then trust that it's good and trust and look and see the good upon it. And so we look back and, and say, Yes, this week was good. It was full of ups and downs, but it was good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to be able to enjoy that in a very critical society where we want to critique everything is not good enough. Right. Oh yeah. To learn to delight and say, this week and all of it's good and it's bad, it was good and mm-hmm. it is well. And that's like learning to be, I am okay. I am loved by God. Yeah, that's like, really Does good. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, because you're exactly right. Like the only thing culturally that we consistently enjoy is being skeptical, critical, like mm-hmm. pessimistic about anything that anybody like in, finds good and decent. Yeah. Right? I mean, like to, to just like enjoy like sort of like simple gifts and pleasures of life is like an eye roll worthy cliche. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't believe you. like that's I mean, that's the whole idea behind like hipster culture. Right. It's like, <laughs> oh, you like coffee. I liked coffee way before you mm-hmm. liked coffee. And now <laughs> I'm on to kombucha. Mm-hmm. You know, right. Like, yeah. Which I, I like kombucha and I like coffee. But, you know, that, that idea that, like, ugh, you enjoy things just for what they are and not because it makes you better than other people or mm-hmm. not because it gives you some advantage, right? Like, I mean, that's deep in our culture. Mm-hmm. So to just, like, delight in the Lord, that's, like, a simple thing that is actually, like, revolutionary, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because it... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It, I think this is, like, the perfect time to just even, like, explore that yeah. option. Like, this is the chance that it doesn't naturally happen like this is not something that because it's sunday and because i go to church or whatever it's like you don't you'll get off of work you'll leave church and go back to the same rhythm like you'll you'll just continue what you do on friday on sunday but i feel like this is the perfect opportunity just for us to ask like hey lord like what does it look like for me to delight in you like Mm -hmm. what does it look like even if it's a thursday like but this is the day that works best for me. Okay. Mm-hmm. What does it look like for me to look over this week and say like, I trust you. Like mm-hmm. you were enough this week. You'll be enough next week. Like I can lean into that and just keep walking. And so what does it look like for me to completely enjoy you today? 
and to ask, what do you have for me? What do you have for our family? And what does it look like for us to love each other? And those questions that like don't naturally come out unless you're taking the time to set it aside and ask. And I think this is the time, like this is our chance that Mm -hmm. like in this pandemic, the Lord is like, Hey, what is it? All of your days are running together. Like it doesn't naturally Mm -hmm. happen. So what does it look like for you to intentionally stop and like make, make time to ask? And I think that's our opportunity now. Just that if I can kind of have that like to kind of bring us home here, I just was thinking like, if you just look at this in terms of like, okay, I'm just going to put in some good spiritual practices. I'm going to start my days like this. I'm going to have this anchor point mm-hmm. for me in the middle of the day. And at the end of the day, I'm going to, I'm going to end it like this and make sure I've got my devices off and, you know, I'm going to have Sabbath day this often, right? All that's really, really good, right? But if it ends there, just with the idea that like, okay, I'm going to have a more peaceful life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a life that like takes more joy in the Lord. I'm going to like have better rhythms for my life. Right, like if it's all just like sort of inward focus of like sort of fixing your life and making your life more mm-hmm. spiritually fulfilling, like it can kind of turn into this like, you know, kind of weird new monasticism, right? Where you're kind of like sheltered off, right. and you're doing all these things just to make you a more impressive, spiritually like fulfilled person, right? So, Tyler, maybe you can speak to this first. What does it look like for, for this? to translate into us being gospel transformed people in the world around us what does it look like for this kind of life and living and like folks it's like seeking intentionally after the lord having our convictions and our hearts and our our, ourselves shaped by time with lord how does that make us into being the people of god the church that we're called to be and what does it look like for that to happen like sort of i know that i'm making this question huge but what does it look like for all of that to happen like for the sake of the gospel and the glory of god Yeah, that's a that's a that is a big question, um, but it's a good one and maybe worth exploring over multiple conversations. I think even kind of to answer that, but to also kind of go back to what Natalie was like to piggyback off of that. I think I'm kind of losing train of thought, like what you said last. But I was thinking like, okay, we just introduced this idea of Sabbath. For some, that just might sound so overwhelming. You go like, how am I going to delight and enjoy? I've got three kids running around my house. Sure, Life yeah. is crazy you know, all these different things. It doesn't feel like enjoyment and delight. And I I would just say, like, most of these things are going to feel more like death in the beginning Mm -hmm. because you're dying to your way of life that you learn to live apart from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'm 33 years old, and the truth is that I've got 33 years of built-in habits of how I've shielded my life from being led by Jesus. And so for you who are 50, you've got 50 years of habits that haven't all been redeemed by Jesus. Some of them have. And those of you who are 25, just just let's come to terms with the fact that we've all had ways of living our life apart from the loving hand of God. Mm, And so just know that if you try to Sabbath or if you try to build these rhythms in, there will be opposition from your flesh, from the enemy, from the world around you. And so in some ways it may feel harder at first and feel a little bit disorienting and feel like a fight. And it may feel like it takes more work to do Sabbath well. But I will say the cost of not engaging in the fight is waking up when you're 60 or 70 and being bitter Mm -hmm. and being cynical and not having a heart that loves others, Mm -hmm. but has a heart that's more skeptical and more unloving of others. So the cost is actually really great in the end if we're not willing to step into the Mm -hmm. fight. Now, I don't want to say that to put pressure on us, but I want us to see that like the end goal of our life, when we get to be 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, I want to be a person who gives joy to other people. Right. So today, 
I must say yes to Jesus in the ways that are challenging if I ever want to be that person at 70 or 80, because I cannot do it apart from his help. Yeah, sure. And so I've got to say yes in the little ways, and they're painful. But just some practical things about Sabbath is um, the goal of Sabbath is to stop working and to stop to stop producing. And so find just little ways that you can connect with your children without having an agenda for them. Connect with your family without having an agenda. It's basically like let go of your agenda and just be Mm -hmm. together. Enjoy good food together. Mm -hmm. And you may have 30 minutes of a great meal and then things go haywire. (laughs) That's okay. Move on to the next thing. 30 minutes is is great. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But, but just like enjoy a good cup of coffee, enjoy a good book. You may only be able to do that for 20 minutes during nap time. Right. That's Okay. Every step in the right direction is a step in the right direction. I think Eugene Peterson said every step is an arrival. Mm. And I love that language. Right. So just just keep that in mind. If you feel overwhelmed by the thought of it, honestly, if your Sabbath, it looks terrible right now, what's one thing you could do with your family that is engaging and delighting in what the Lord has done? And you know what I mean? What's one step you could take? Yeah. So I just want to simplify that. But will you re-ask your question? I'm sorry, I kind of got off No, you're good. There. I just want to make sure that we don't like we don't take these habits and practices and kind of go like, all right, let's just be monks. Let's just have like a sort of yes. an inward focused. I'm just seeking after my own fulfillment, my mm-hmm. own like sort of spiritual development. What does it look like for us to be a people in the midst of a world that's struggling very, in mm-hmm. very real ways right now? What does mm-hmm. it look like for us to be the church? What does it look like for us to be like the people who do this and it, that transforms our lives for the sake of the gospel and the glory of God? Yeah, well, I would very quickly say that if you find your heart not growing in love for those around you and for those in the world, then your spiritual practices aims have probably been off. Hmm. Because, I mean, Jesus told us what the greatest commandment was, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. Yeah. So any spiritual practice that doesn't like push us in that direction, right. it's probably had the wrong aim. Yeah. So. Our spiritual practice is not meant to lead us to a day at the spa, that kind of rest. Mm -hmm. It's meant to lead us to the rest of feeling free. Not that like I no longer when I come into a room with you. So I've spent time with Jesus. When I come into a room with you, I don't bring my needs and my anxieties and my fears because I've left them with Jesus. And now what I bring is fullness of life. Mm -hmm. I bring a set apart identity in Christ Mm -hmm. so that what I bring to my relationship with you is not anxiety, need, or want. It's instead a person who can love you and be present Mm -hmm. with you. And an opportunity to serve. Yes. when, When your heart is like that, you're coming with empty hands. Like, what can I take from you? What can I do yes. for you? What can I, like, you're not carrying the burden that you had the day before. Like, you you came with empty hands and an opportunity and just a willingness to be, be what that person needs to encounter Jesus. Like, we have a neighbor across the street that literally never met her until Annie ran into her backyard the other day <laughs> accidentally. And she's like, hey, I, I know this is weird, but I can tell you guys love Jesus. So would you mind praying for my son? He's in San Andreas. And it was like, I, I've literally never made eye contact with you before. Like, were you wearing a Christian t-shirt? <laughs> Might have been. No. <laughs> um, but just little things like that where it's like weird. Yeah. Like had, had my hands not been ready, like to even just like have a conversation, I would have just snatched Danny and ran away, you know, or like right. something little like that. It's just those, those tiny opportunities that I feel like when your hands are open, the Lord is 
ready to put someone in your path mm-hmm. that says, would you mind praying? And it's like, weird. Absolutely. That's what I do. <laughs> like those yeah. little conversations. So I feel like that's like a practical example yeah. of like when, when your heart is in a ready place, he puts the opportunities in your hands to serve right in front of you yeah. all the time. So when I, I think Galatians five, Paul, Paul says, you know, don't use your freedom for like another form of slavery. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then he says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so I think like in all of these practices, like you said, Jerry, it'd be really easy to just do them so that, yeah, okay, now I'm, I'm doing my spiritual practices, right? I'm right. going to be better. But in all of them, we should be thinking, how does this make me a more loving person? Yeah. And ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to be a more loving person yeah. to my wife? Mm-hmm. to my children, to my neighbors, mm-hmm. to the people you've placed me in community with. I mean, it has massive implications. Um, I just don't know that we often ask that question. Yeah. Like, like even if we asked ourselves the question every day in our prayer, Lord, who is it that you're sending me to today? Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I think there's, there's, there's something that's I mean, like sort of the beautiful genius of what it looks like to, to know, to be more and more like Christ, to know the Lord more, is that like to, to love people more, um, actually doesn't require us to focus all that much on like, okay, I need to go be more loving today. I mean, there may be times when we have to say like, I'm not being very loving. Like, how do I deal with that? Right. Mm-hmm. But like you quoted earlier, you talked about like the, the greatest commandment. Right. And what we spend a lot of time talking about is like the, the, the second greatest, right. Is like it. Right. Which is love, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. But, but actually the first, the, the greatest commandment leads to us loving our neighbors mm-hmm. ourselves. Right. Because as we get close to the heart of God, we take on the heart of God and the heart of God is love. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the God, God loves and he has done so by his character which like by who he is has determined what he has done which has exemplified love mm-hmm. in the life death and resurrection of Christ and and it is what Christ has done right that that shapes who we are which shapes us to be more and more like Jesus mm-hmm. who, who loved right with, with with his life that shapes us into into who we are which then leads to what we do right it's it's God's identity leading to his activity which shapes our identity that leads to our activity mm-hmm. right yeah and, and so for some of us, we've actually been living some of these rhythms, right? There's some of us who've probably been been believers for decades, right? And we wake up in the morning, and we pray, and we read our Bibles, and we spend time praying at certain parts of the day, at meals or whatever, and we end our days praying a certain prayer, right? And, and what we need to shift here is not like, okay, I need to start praying because you've been doing that for decades. Mm-hmm. What we need to shift here is just that subtle thing that you talked about earlier, right? Where instead of saying, I'm doing my quiet time because then I can say I've done my quiet time instead of checking off some sort of spiritual to-do lists, right, to make sure we've got these things done. Instead, we change what it is that we're there for so that the goal of our quiet time is not just this is a practical, good way for me to start my day, and that's what Christians do, but instead this is a moment for me to meet God, be shaped by God, be shaped by his word so that the gospel gospel remains good news to me so that then I go and live as Mm -hmm. good news to the people around me. And all of that flows together, fits together, Mm -hmm. and it shapes us into who we're called to be.